Welcome to Steam Powered, where I have conversations with women in Steam to learn a little bit about what they do and who they are. I'm your host, Michelle Ong. My guest today is Krisa Columba. Krisa is an assistant professor at the University of the Philippines, Minadal, who has a research interest in probiotics. She was awarded a Fulbright Scholarship and completed her master's at Louisiana State University, where she researched non-dairy probiotic options, specifically incorporating durian rind into a probiotic ale. Join us as we talk about durian beer, Kreese's interest in local food industry and food science communication, and a new probiotic bubble tea business. Good morning, Kreese. Thank you so much for joining me today on Steam Powered. It's wonderful to have you on. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. It's also an honor to be a guest on your show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you started out in food and nutrition sciences. So what made you want to get into that area? I finished my bachelor's degree in food technology from the University of the Philippines, Mindanao, and it was initially because I love chemistry. I started loving chemistry when I was back in high school and um, in the university that I, that I uh, joined. It was the, the, the course that was closest to chemistry because food technology has a lot of chemistry courses. And, and it, it just started from there. Oh, that's wonderful. So what, what do you love about chemistry? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoy numbers. And chemistry back in high school had a lot of you know computations. And eventually, I started loving it. Oh, that's fantastic. So math is definitely your strong suit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So now you're in academia and you're doing both teaching and research. Is that what you saw yourself doing when you first enrolled in your course? Probably. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy teaching because I like interacting with a lot of people. I'm an extrovert and I like, you know, the idea that I have the opportunity to influence others, especially the young ones. Yes, definitely. And, you know, you're, with your research, you've, you know, I've seen your scholarly papers, you've written on quite a few topics, but you definitely have a preference for probiotics. So how did you get into yes. the area of probiotics? When I was in college, my undergraduate thesis was about lactic acid bacteria, but the application was different. I used it as a biopreservative for raw pork. When I got a Fulbright scholarship to study in the United States, I wanted a research that was still in line with lactic acid bacteria. And uh, the laboratory group that I was working with in the United States, I was in Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They have been working on probiotic research. And that sparked my interest to work on probiotics as well. So with probiotics, like uh. What in particular is interesting about the way that that field works and what you can discover in there? I find it interesting because it's, um, I can apply you know, my knowledge about food science and food technology in a way that would improve the health of the general public. And for me, it's still an understudied topic, though we see a lot of papers on probiotics, but I think that there is still a lot of untapped potential in the field of food science dealing with probiotics. Yeah, so what sort of um, advancements or technologies are you know, in, involved in the potential of probiotics? Well, uh, probiotics are now widely used as a treatment for, say, irritable bowel syndrome, 
However, in the food industry, there is still increasing research and um, uh, efforts. There are increasing efforts on developing non-dairy probiotic food products because, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are lactose intolerant. There yes. are a lot of uh, vegetarians, vegans. So uh, we are looking into that. And I think this still has a lot of potential. So we can use different uh, resources. We can even tap indigenous resources in yeah. our country to create these non-dairy probiotic products. Yeah, that's such a, yeah, definitely. Because, you you know, Yakult and all of those kind of dairy-based things. But we've also got tablets, but it means that you have to, you know, take the supplements as a separate thing. So, you know, being able to integrate that into your diet into common things that's a yeah it's a great way of doing it so with you know your research the paper that you're you know that's just made the headlines for is for using durian rind in probiotic beer so with the combination of alcohol and bacteria like that's not really compatible so how did you come up with the idea that this was an avenue to research since uh, I just mentioned that we are looking into non-dairy probiotic food products. So while I was discussing with my uh, master's thesis advisor in the U.S., I just mentioned, you know, several probable beverages. And I mentioned beer because I'm a beer lover myself. <laughs> and I think that that caught his attention. And he was like, okay, work on beer. And I was caught <laughs> off guard because I had no idea that it would work. It was very, very challenging. So I think it's because, you know, they say you have to work on what you love. And I love beer. So why not <laughs> add, some, add some value to that typical beer? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Is um, home brewing and uh, brewing beer something that you had an interest in before or just uh, imbibing? Um, <laughs> Just, you know, consuming beer. <laughs> but recently, actually this afternoon, I just made my, uh, say two weeks ago, I just started home brewing for the first time. Oh, it's my first wow. time to home brew on my yeah, own. That's great. And this afternoon, I'm going to go bottle my home oh, beer amazing. after this interview. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's such a cool process. So um, that's something that you would, well, you had to do that as part of your research for the paper so you're just bringing that home with you now <laughs> well this one is just like you know i just wanted to do something on my own <laughs> yeah <laughs> for my research we used uh we used the uh, university facilities so yeah. it's it's uh it's a bit different. i did not have to uh, you know use my own stuff but now i'm back i'm back here in the philippines i'm like okay how about i create my own beer <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Are you planning on adding probiotics to that while you're doing the hunger? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's just challenging because to to use probiotics in research, you need to have the lab because it yes. will require my, microbiological work. Of course, definitely. Yeah, with going back to the durian rind, how did you come across the information that the durian rind would have a preservative effect on bacteria? Mm -hmm. I used the powder from durian rind as an immobilizer or as a protectant for the probiotic bacteria. I saw one study which used the durian rind to immobilize probiotics in soy milk. That was in yeah. soy milk. So uh, soy milk has a lot of nutrients. So um, perhaps that would, that, that would have really worked. In my study, it's challenging because I worked on beer, yes. which is not an ideal 
you know, an ideal medium for the growth of probiotics. But at least that paper that I saw proved the concept that durian rind can has uh, can be used as an immobilizer for probiotics. That's cool. So yeah, it and also because like in your region, like durian is a massive yes. industry. <laughs> So it yes, is, exactly. is, yeah, and it's great that you're able to use what would otherwise be a waste product into something that you yes. can probably turn into new products. It's cool. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, and you know, you've you've probably discussed this before. Um, there's an old wives' tale that you're not supposed to consume durian with alcohol because you know all the fun stuff with uh, acetaldehyde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, as part of your research, did that come up as a potential obstacle? Uh, no, no. <laughs> because I did not use the I did not use the durian fruit itself. I was just interested in the rind, which I formed into a powder, and that is rich in fiber. And right. it, it honestly did not have any durian smell. Yeah. It in fact smelled so sweet. It smelled like caramel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, didn't know whether it would have a similar effect with metabolism. That's cool. Yeah. So when you started, you know, including your, or when you started your research with durian rinds and beer, did you think that it would make so many headlines? No. (laughs) Honestly, it's funny because I finished that study last year. I graduated from Louisiana State University last year and it just made into, uh, it just made uh, news this year is because one of my uh, fellow scholars in the Fulbright scholarship had me as a guest in his YouTube channel. Oh, <laughs> that was cool. funny. Yes, and he made a poster. He included my, uh, you know, the topic of my research and all that. And that poster was seen by the news reporters. So that's where it started. <laughs> I just wanted to do him a favor by, you know, it was a startup YouTube channel. I just wanted to, okay, you know, I can guess on your show. So, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and now, like, uh, you've, you know, as a result of all your probiotic stuff, you've also started up your own business. So tell me about your new business. Okay. Um, I've always had that passion for probiotics, right? And here in the Philippines, Filipinos love bubble tea, or milk tea. <laughs> tea. Yeah. <laughs> the, the increasing love of Filipinos for milk tea pushed me and my partner, there are two of us in the business, to start something new and to give an edge over the, you know, the typical milk tea out there. And with my passion for probiotics, we decided to create a probiotic uh, yogurt milk tea. So the yogurt is probiotic and I'm sourcing it from a fellow friend. She mm. is also a food scientist who finished her master's in New Zealand. So wow. uh, it's basically like a partnership. And so far, um, uh, people are enjoying our probiotic yogurt milk tea. And I, I appreciate the fact that I am able to, you know, communicate science through this. And I can also do my simple experiments just recently. <laughs> Determine the sugar content of our milk tea, and I compared it with uh, known brands, and we found that the sugar content of our milk tea is really lower compared with the others. So aside from the probiotics, it's also 
healthier because I mean it's really healthier and also because it has low low sugar. That's so cool. I'm just enjoying, you know, being able to help others to offer a health promoting option to the public. Yeah, that's fantastic. So with the low sugar, is that um, a result of including probiotics or, you know, is it purely just a, an ingredient kind of component? Exactly. It's because of the probiotics. <laughs> okay. So how does that lower the sugar levels? So uh, there are studies that show that probiotics are saccharolytic. So they eat sugar. So we tested the sugar before adding the yogurt. So we tested the sugar of the just the milky base and compared that with the sugar of the milky with the yogurt already. And there was a drastic decrease. Oh, that's amazing. Definitely another selling point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how do you how do you and your both your partner juggle, you know, your academic careers and full time work with this new side business like that has a, and it's a startup as well that's got to be challenging yes well I have to say it's really really challenging especially now that everything is online so we have remote classes and I handle 90 students this semester <gasps> oh that's quite the so teaching really, load. yes it is it is a big teaching load well um I think it's just about prioritizing things and at least now the business is already like you know it's starting to run smoothly what was really difficult was the first stage wherein I was still doing uh, the research and development you know developing the formulation and that was I think that was the toughest one and at that time classes had not started yet so I think it's just, you know, everything is perfect timing. Now yeah. that classes have started, the business is running smoothly already. Well, food and beverage industry, a lot of hands-on work needed. So how do you manage that kind of, well, those kinds of responsibilities? We have three um, full-time working staff in the shop. And at the end of the day, my partner and I just make sure to... Like, you know, check how the operations went, check the sales and all that. So we really give time to uh, check on the shop every single day. Yeah, definitely. Props Thank to you, you for all that. <laughs> so, yeah, how long have you had it open now for? Well, we opened in August 28th. So oh, it's so new. Months, almost three months. Oh. Yes, it's new. <laughs> oh, so new. Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, and yeah, business is doing well. Yes. Yeah. Fortunately, so, yes. What's the uh, quarantine situation like in, uh, yeah, in your region where you are? Like, is has that was that problematic when you first opened the business, or were you running online for that at, during that time? We were running online for a month, and uh, so so I think we started uh, July. So for one month, we were just staying at home. We were preparing the product at home while the physical store was still being, you know, renovated and all that. And uh, when the physical store opened, we allowed dine-in customers, but we had to limit them. So per table, for instance, only two people can sit or can stay on one table. And uh, now we're back on general community quarantine. So for food establishments, uh, only takeout and deliveries are allowed. 
So we have partner delivery services and, uh, you know, we have to really invest on that just to ensure that, uh, ensure the safety of our customers of course. and our rights. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, so many businesses I'd thought, you know, even just local here, there were so many that were opening just as all of the restrictions kicked in. And you can see yes. a few, yeah, a few of them survived, a few of them didn't just because they hadn't expected to have to pivot so quickly. So it's it's great yes. that, you know, you, you were able to do your soft open before the shop started just to, you know, get that all going. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, what are you, you know, you're teaching? but you're also researching. So what's your current research mm -hmm. on? Right now I have a project on the indigenous vegetable consumption of adolescents. This was actually supposed to be finished months ago, but it was, you know, because of this pandemic yeah. <laughs> that it got, it got delayed. But um, uh, aside from that, I'm also uh, mentoring thesis advisees who are working on proposals on probiotics as well as beer. That's so, cool. Yes, <laughs> my research projects now. Oh, fantastic! So, what's interesting, or what what's the yeah what's the interest in the indigenous consumption of vegetables with adolescents? Like, why specifically that? Before I went to the U.S., it was the the research topic that I that it was you know one of my interests. Yeah. To promote the utilization and consumption of indigenous vegetables. We actually published uh, a study. This also got in the news. Yeah. We utilized um, alugbati. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's an indigenous vegetable here in the country. Yes, we uh, made alugbati egg noodles. So that was the, the thesis project of, um, of, uh, of Ms. Pam Soriano. And, uh, you know, creating novel food products utilizing indigenous vegetables is, you know, it has a long way to go. Yeah, and it does. I think that it's, it's really, um, it's really, uh, what do you call that? It's uh, game changing. It is. Yeah, like being able to incorporate a lot more of your indigenous food products, not having to rely so much, like being able to use local instead of import products. That's, that's so important to local yes. industry. So is yes, the yes. is that particular vegetable something that is uh, commonly used, or is it just something that is you know less popular? This this vegetable is widely abundant here. Like you can you can just grow it in your in your backyard. Ah, but it's very not common. Really well, well, it's not well studied. Okay, so it's just yeah, just local food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that that's a great topic. You've researched the noodles with the indigenous vegetable and you know your interest mm -hmm. in developing you know uh your work with the durian rinds as a byproduct of a major part of your food industry and also you know the native sausage mm -hmm. in the way that you know, meat vendors at local markets yeah. produce their food so what's so important mm -hmm. to you about mm -hmm. the local food industry and developing you know research mm -hmm. in these areas well, the Philippines has a lot of unutilized and underutilized resources, and I want to be able to contribute to, you know, giving value to these resources. So that's one of my research interests. And uh, in fact, we also uh, published a paper, it's a review paper, on the valorization of pomelo peel. 
So we know that pomelo is widely abundant in the Philippines as well. So, uh, you know, I've been involved in research studies promoting the utilization of these resources. And we are also looking into the consumption of, we're focusing on, you know, children and adolescents, their consumption of these indigenous vegetables and fruits. And we just want to promote these by proving that uh, these indigenous resources can improve our nutritional status. That's great. So has that been a problem? Um like I guess in the Philippines with you know people you know focusing more on import to other industries or other you know food products from other countries like is, is that, has it been a move away from eating local products yes yes uh, that's you know it's because of the globalization internationalization and all that but I saw that during this pandemic there are a lot of uh, you know local products that are soaring in the market in the online market and I really appreciate that. And people usually use the hashtag uh, support local. Yeah. And it's a really great way, you know, of supporting these local initiatives. Oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah, it, it's great that people are starting to look into kind of bring everything back into domestic and local produce. That's cool. Uh, is this something that um, the government is also uh, trying to promote or is it just something that you've noticed since the pandemic started? It's just something that I noticed. Well, perhaps there should be, you know, government efforts, government initiatives, but uh, it's more on my my immediate community. Definitely supporting very local. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fantastic. So has um, the region of, uh, have there been others in the region of Davao which, where they've been doing this sort of thing as well? Uh, yes, I, I think that the academe is focused on that. We actually have uh, research programs targeting uh, these resources. For example, uh, we we are focusing on pomelo, uh, cacao, banana, just to name some. So I I commend the efforts of the you know, the the government to fund research projects like this. That's great. So, you know, the things that you've listed, are those are the ingredients that you're also incorporating into your new tea business? <laughs> well, one of, yes, yes, actually, yeah. <laughs> one of our best sellers is the cacao milk tea. People love that, yes. Yeah, so that's one way, you know, you know being able to promote these through the business. Yeah, that's great. Being able to give back to your local industry, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah that, yes. that's, that's very cool. Okay, well, awesome. Okay, so might move on to some extra questions, uh, just talking about a little bit of personal stuff. Um, not too personal. <laughs> so what I'm hobby sure. or interest do you have that is least uh -huh. related to your field of work? Uh -huh. I love dancing. <gasps> I've been, you know, I've been into dancing since I was in high school. Even when I was in the in the uh, U.S. in LSU, I was active in the International Cultural Center. I was oh. teaching hip hop dance <gasps> classes to international students. Oh, that's great! I had a I had a partner. He was Indian, so we called our dance dance class uh, Bali Hop dance. Class. <laughs> So it's a it's a mixture of you know Bollywood and hip hop. 
And oh, I really enjoyed great. that. In fact, it yeah, in fact because of that I you know, I was I was too energetic that I broke my knee. <laughs> <gasps> oh wow. Yeah. It's it's a um, you know it's a very unforgettable experience. So I was in the U.S. for two years. Yeah. I was in the U.S. for two years, and during my oh, it was just last year. So uh, last year I had a knee surgery to reconstruct my torn uh, ACL. If you're oh, familiar with that, oh my goodness, yeah. Your yeah. So my last semester at school, I was in a wheelchair. I was oh, on yeah. crutches. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's tragic. So now I'm not sure if I can go back to, you know, that typical hip-hop dancing that I yeah. love. I can just do a TikTok, <laughs> you know, just the simple dance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really enjoy dancing. Oh, that's a shame. So you haven't really done much dancing since? Yeah, since the surgery. Oh, no. <laughs> I cannot dance too much anymore. Oh, something you need to start looking into. <laughs> Especially if you yeah. like so much. And next, which childhood book holds the strongest memories for you? Oh, I never loved reading. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I just started reading when I was in high school or yeah. in college. But what the, the books that I usually read were, you know, inspirational books. Ooh. So I read The, uh, the Purpose Driven Life. Ah, yes. Like several times already, yes. So right now, when I read books, I just like the, you know, the inspirational ones or the Bible. I don't know. I cannot sustain my, my attention <laughs> when reading like novels and all that. Yeah. It does take a lot uh-huh. of time. <laughs> <laughs> so what's something that was in The Purpose Driven Life that, you know, really spoke to you? Mm, I think that was during a you know, a challenging time in my life. So all the advice given, the pieces of advice that the book gave me uh, really made a difference in my life. So up until now, you know, I still go back to some of these uh, passages in the book. Yeah. You know, keep me going. (laughs) Oh, that's good. It's good to be able to be, you know, keep motivated. Yes. (laughs) That's great. And what advice would you give someone who wants to do what you do? Or what advice should they ignore? Well, probably in life in general, the advice that I can give is to, you know, do what makes you happy. Because in the end, uh, you know, we all have to be happy. So if what you're doing now doesn't make you happy, or it probably would not make you happy in the future, then uh, there's no point in doing what you're doing now. So I think that's really important because that can, you know, keep us motivated and you know, time is gold, time is precious, so we have to spend time on things that really matter and spend yes. time on people who really matter to us. Yes, that is very important, being able to, you know, keep those strong connections close. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and what advice should they ignore? Probably, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, during this time, a lot of people will have comments on you and what you do. So for me, it's also related to my first advice. Just, you know, just ignore everybody. <laughs> just focus <laughs> on yourself because in the end, it's your life. It's not theirs. Yes, that's good. That's important. <laughs> it's very yes. valuable. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much, Kreza, for speaking to me today. It's been absolutely wonderful listening to your research and just learning about thank your new you. enterprise. Um, so if people uh, would like to learn more about you and your business and want to reach out, how can they do that? Uh, they can reach me through email. So I can perhaps give you, a, uh, give you my email address later. And I also have a website, which I still have to update. So they can reach me through those platforms. <laughs> Okay, great. So I'll put those in the show notes and people will reach out to you then. Yeah, so thank, thank you again. This has been absolutely wonderful. I love listening to your paper. Like, thank such you. A, such a great idea. I mean, just being able to incorporate all these little things, especially, you know, since it's, it's an uncommon kind of combination. It's great. Okay, so thank you again. <laughs> thank it's you. been wonderful and thank I hope you. you have an amazing day. Thank you so much. You too. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of unexplored territory in the area of non-dairy probiotics, and it's so novel to hear about its application to healthfully augmented alcohol. One thing that may also have been unclear in our conversation is that durian is a major industry in the Davao region where Kreezer is based, which is one of the reasons being able to incorporate durian rind into our research was so valuable. Kreezer makes such a good point about encouraging support of local and native foods, and while it's something that we've observed here in Australia, Considering where byproducts can further be incorporated into other goods is a great way that we can close the loop while further developing local industries. To learn more about Creaser and what we discussed in the show, or to connect with us, please visit the Steam Powered website at steampoweredshow.com. You can also reach out to Creaser via email and her website, the links for which will be in the show notes. If you enjoyed this conversation and want to hear more like it, subscribe to this podcast and share this with your geeky or geek curious friends. You can also support Steam Powered on Patreon and Ko-fi under Steam Powered Show, the links for which will also be in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.